0: Alright, what's going on guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. My name is Faraz Sadiq. I'm here with Zach Rizzuto. We're going to go over some week two buys and sells. Uh, you know, we, we're we all getting the trade itch. People trying to trade, you know, before week one after they drafted. I don't know what was going on there, but it happens. Everyone's, everyone got the trade itch and we only have until like, you know, week 11 or week 12 uh, before we're not allowed to make any trades uh, before that trade deadline. So, Uh we're gonna try to improve our teams. Listen, first of all, I just want to say this don't overreact to week one. Like there's certain signs that you look for, you know, there's certain things that you look for, like really promising signs, but just understand this is a one week sample size. Um, so you know, any trade you make, any usage that you see, you know, you wanna you hope that it continues if you liked what you saw, you know. But just keep in mind that any trade you make after week one is likely a little risky. Okay um, you're kind of shooting for the moon when you trade after week one. All right. So just keep that in mind. All right. Um, now there are a bunch of things that I've seen in week one that I'm like, you know what, if that continues, I want that on my team, but there's no guarantee yeah. that it does continue. Right. So we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about a bunch of guys. Now I did put out an Instagram post earlier today, uh, you know, mentioned a bunch of guys, but we're going to talk about, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of players that, uh, we're thinking about buying we're thinking about selling um, there isn't a whole lot of news you know that we need to kind of cover you know I wouldn't expect Keenan Allen to play this week he's playing you know the Chargers are playing on Thursday um don't expect Keenan Allen to be in the lineup he didn't practice on Tuesday uh the only guy you know Mike Williams he had a very bad day without yeah. Keenan Allen for most of the day i would still still start Keenan uh Mike Williams as a wide receiver too this week we know what his ceiling is. Put him in your lineup. I, I think he should be fine. Uh, Josh Palmer uh, is an upside flex play. I think uh, Gerald Everett, somebody that a lot of people might have picked up off of waivers last night. Uh, I think you can put him in your lineup as well. Um, you know, and is there anybody else that that you think will will benefit from Keenan Allen uh, not playing?
1: I, I think that about covers it. I don't think it's going to go that deep. You know, past maybe Josh Palmer. I think Gerald Everett is above Josh Palmer when it comes to Keenan Allen being out but outside of that no like DeAndre Carter you know he might he might have a similar type of performance as he did last week but nothing that's going to be like you have to start him over somebody else you probably have plenty of other players you know that you can start that would be just as just as good if not better
0: yeah exactly exactly um now we have a bunch of people here in the live and we're already getting some trade questions so right. before we get into our trade tradeaways and trade fours Let's look at a couple of questions, okay? Marco here is asking, would you look to sell Michael Thomas? Now, Michael Thomas is not on our list to uh, trade away. Um, He did score two touchdowns, right? So this might look like an opportunity to sell high. However, he only played one less snap. Actually, no, he ran the same number of routes as Jarvis Landry in this game. Uh, Mm -hmm. There were some reports coming into the game that he might be limited, but he wasn't. Uh, He did come off the field a little bit when they were running the ball. But he basically dropped back as many times as any other wide receiver on the Saints. So, uh, we're looking at a situation where Michael Thomas might be back. And um, he is, you already got, you already kind of know, unless he gets hurt again, you already kind of know that he has already surpassed his draft capital. Where you drafted him sixth, seventh round, he's already surpassed that at this point.
1: Yeah, and I think, like you said, as long as he stays healthy, you know, Michael Thomas, I think that, you know, he's back. If this was them, you know the report came out on. A, I'm sure a bunch of you saw it, where it was like, you know, Michael Thomas might be on a snap count, twenty thirty snaps this game, and then he didn't. You know, he ran a bunch of routes he, just as much as any other Saints receiver. He looked good. Um, he looked very close. I don't want to say to what he was in 2019. You know, obviously it was just it was a two touchdown performance on five catches. It, it was it was good, but I think Michael Thomas showed you what you wanted to see if you're a Michael Thomas. Owner. And there's no reason to go try and sell him now because he just turned in a good week for you. And he should continue to do that because James Winston obviously has connection with him and he ran just as many routes. It's not like he's being underutilized. This is what you drafted Michael Thomas for, and you got it. So there's no reason to now think, okay, I'll sell that high. No, you can benefit from this every week. The benefit you will get this type of production every week as long as he's healthy. You can bet on that. And he's a really safe, I mean, wide receiver two, definitely can be wide receiver one if things keep going his way. Um, so there's no reason to sell in my mind, Michael Thomas, I keep him.
0: Yeah. I, I, I totally agree with that. Um, looking to see if there's any other trade questions here in the comments. Uh, Seth, thanks for joining what's going on. Uh, and, and Marco just wanted to, just want to let you know, I appreciate, we appreciate the questions. Um, let's see. Um, I see one other question from Patrick here. Would you trade Higgins or Judy for Aaron Jones? Um, This is an interesting question. Now, this is going to prelude me from talking about Aaron Jones here because prelude, is that a word? Um, (laughs) Because I do think that Aaron Jones is a buy. You know, coming off of week one, you -hmm. know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't great to see, you know, Aaron Jones only getting, I think it was only 10 opportunities, total opportunities in that game. And then AJ Dillon getting close. I think he got 14 or 15 opportunities, uh, you know, himself. So, you know, it wasn't great. It didn't look good for Aaron Jones. However, when you kind of look deeper into it, Aaron Jones, I think he ran a route on like close to 70% of dropbacks or 65% of dropbacks. Let me check on that real quick. Aaron Jones, let's see. I'm looking here. Oh, you know what? I'm looking at the wrong thing. Here we go. Aaron Jones ran around 67% of dropbacks uh, compared to 37% for AJ Dillon. That is a number that is indicative of some serious PPR potential. Okay. It yeah. didn't work out this week, but as long as Aaron Jones is getting, you know, he got all, he also got like, you know, he was on the field for 67, 61% of snaps. He ended up getting five carries to, to, to Jillen's 10, right? So, you know, he still got, you know, 33% of the rushing attempts. So as long as he gets like, of the rushing attempts and around 65% of uh, those pass routes, I think he's going to be just fine. So, if I need a running back, um, a high end running back, and by the way, the guys who have done that in the past, they finish as an RB1. So, Aaron Jones, I'm not too worried about him right now. Uh, If you have Judy, um, I would trade Judy for sure for Aaron Jones one for one. I would definitely do that. Uh, T. Higgins, that is a lot closer. I think Higgins can finish. Uh, you know, on a per game basis at this point, because he he already missed week one, he might miss week week two, so he's not gonna. He might not finish as a wide receiver twelve or higher. Uh, but I do like Higgins more. So if you have Judy and you can pull it off for Aaron Jones this week, I would do that.
1: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. You know, I the Packers offense, and you can say it's about a lot of teams, was way out of sorts. It's not going to be like that every week. You know, Aaron Rodgers, he has to have time to match with his receivers. It'll be much more dynamic. Aaron Jones won't be, you know, cut out of the game plan. They're they're going to use him. Uh, once once we start seeing the Packers offense gel a little bit and they start putting up some points, it'll be right back to what we expected Aaron Jones to be uh, alongside A.J. Dillon. Um, I, I'd target Aaron Jones, especially if you get him for Judy. You know, I think Judy overproduced five. Yeah, what, and, I, and what and I saw.
0: And that's the point, right? Like now you can buy Aaron Jones a lot cheaper than his second round price tag, right? His right. early second round price tag. Like you know, if you if you didn't want to pay that, now you have an opportunity after week 1, after what appears to be an AJ Dillon led backfield, not so much in the pass game. Okay? And and we why were we drafting Aaron Jones in the second round? Why was that his ADP? It's because of what we were what we thought, or what a lot of people thought, what the market thought his usage was going to look like in the past game. And even though he didn't kill it in the past game, this is now an opportunity because he did run a route on 65% of dropbacks. That is a great number. And I'm hoping that continues. So yes, I am buying low on Aaron Jones for sure. Yeah. Thanks for that question. It kind of, you know, we were going to talk about Aaron Jones anyway, so that, that worked out. Um, Zach, this is for you, man. Yeah. A resident Cowboys fan here. And, <laughs> and I, I, listen, listen, I, I vouch for Zach. Okay, he he's not going to give you a, a Cowboys fan, a Cowboy fan perspective here. Okay, objective. Yeah, and but, this right, right Zach? yeah, it's fully objective.
1: <laughs> and this is me just weighing, you know, the panic that's really surrounding all of the Cowboys offense right now. And so, you look, at-
0: uh, I just want to, I just want to shout out Seth. Though you know, uh, uh, Seth Curry's in the building. <laughs> <laughs> the, the real Seth Curry uh, thoughts. He, he's asking thoughts on CD Lamb with Dak out. And, and, and this is going to kind of, you know, kind of lead into whether we should be buying or selling CD.
1: Right. So, you know, you're talking about the panic that's going around with the Cowboys, you know, with Dak Prescott being out. Um, the report initially for Dak Prescott was that it was six to eight weeks. But now, you know, Jerry Jones, he's trying to, I think, bolster some hopes for the Cowboys fans and for just people in general that, you know, Dak will be back sooner than later. If Dak is back sooner than later, you know, this is CD Lamb. He's a wide receiver one on the offense. He doesn't have much competition. He had 11 targets, which clearly Dak wants to throw to him because he's really the only one there. If somebody has CeeDee Lamb and they're panicking, you know, they're like, "Uh uh-oh, I drafted CeeDee Lamb super high, and now, you know, I have to salvage what I can. Maybe I can get someone else for him and just flip this and just take my hands off CeeDee Lamb. I would consider buying. I think this is a really unique situation, a really unique buying situation because, you know, obviously the connotation right now is that, CD Lamb isn't going to be good. The separation wasn't awesome. Uh, obviously, when he's running routes, you know, it was a completely off night for the Cowboys, but Dak Prescott looked off. The offensive line is a little banged up now. You know, in that time before Dak comes back, it might be rough riding for CD Lamb, but say Dak comes back and looks like the Dak Prescott that we've seen for fantasy before that can support multiple fantasy wide receivers, you know, you can get CD Lamb at a really cheap price right now because. I mean, I think this is arguably the lowest it's going to be this season because if C.D. Lamb turns around and has a decent day with Cooper Rush, you know, then it can be like, okay, well, maybe C.D. Lamb could be a serviceable wide receiver, too. And then Dak comes back. He'll be back to wide receiver one status. And we could see that happen. It's obviously a bet on upside and what could be. But if Dak, if Dak shows up sooner rather than later, which it seems to be trending that way uh, from the six to eight week diagnosis before, um. CD Lamb could be a huge value if you could buy him right now.
0: Cooper Rush played a full game last year with Amari Cooper with CD Lamb. Do you remember their stat lines off the top yeah. of your head?
1: I remember. I think it was seven catches for like a buck fourteen. Is that what it was?
0: They both did very well in that game. Yeah. With Cooper Rush at quarterback, Amari Cooper, thirteen targets, eight catches, one hundred twenty two yards and a touchdown. CD Lamb. Eight targets, six catches, 112 yards. So he was able to make both guys look pretty good. Yeah, against Minnesota last year. So this might not be as bad as we think. Um, You know, obviously those guys were taking a lot of coverage away from each other, right? And the hope is that Ceedee Lamb, as the alpha, can do his thing, separate, and get the ball. And Cooper Rush might end up over, you know, hyper targeting him. Right? He hyper targeted Amari last year in that game. You might do the same for CeeDee Lamb. I know there's a lot of panic around him because he didn't have a good week one. He had a terrible week one. The whole Dallas offense did. Dak is out. You're right. I think this might be a situation. You go and buy CeeDee Lamb, uh, who, you know, in a lot of leagues were, was being drafted over Devontae Adams. Yeah. At this point, you want to you want to try to think with Aaron Jones. You want to try to take advantage of the fact that, you know, you didn't have to pay that price, obviously, because you don't have money on your team. But now you can probably buy him with a player who you drafted in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, yeah. maybe a combination of players that you drafted in the sixth, seventh round, it's possible, right? Yeah. So that's what I would do. I would try to do two for one, uh, see what the CD Lamb, you know, uh, manager needs and shoot your shot.
1: Also, worth noting, you know, you could look at it and be like, okay, CD Lamb, you know, it was bad target quality because you know, he's the only target they're going to double, triple team him. Michael Gallup has a chance to play this week, and that would. Offer a lot of help for opening up the Cowboys offense and getting those doubles and triple teams off of C D Lamb and getting him more looks, more high quality looks. So definitely something to monitor. I'd look and see if Michael Gallup is playing. That's only going to help CeeDee Lamb.
0: I'm with you on that one. I love these questions, guys. Uh Zones XF coming in because it's it's hitting on a lot of the players that we wanted to talk about. Zones XF is asking, should I try and trade David Montgomery for David Pierce? Uh I'm sorry, Damian Pierce in the package deal. Now let me let me just hit on Damian Pierce real quick. Damian Pierce, you know, I I do want to buy Damian Pierce right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, he's going to be cheap, right? And and, and you, 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 if you're going to buy Damian Pierce, you have to be patient. Obviously, with Montgomery, you can start him now, right? And get RB two type of production out of David Montgomery, maybe low end, mid to low end RB two production right now. Right, Damian Pierce, you can't start right now. Damian Pierce is more like if you're trying to buy a you know dare I say, league winner, but you have to be patient, potential league winner, I would make this trade, assuming that you have a bunch of running back depth. Listen, Mm -hmm. you can't plug Damian Pearson right now and get RB2 production. You might not even be able to get flex value for Damian, You know, if you put Damian Pearson in your lineup. You're going to have to be patient. Rex Burkhead, he's 32 years old. He's always had a hard time staying healthy with volume now which what which is what uh, Rex Burkhead's getting he's playing 70% of snaps will he hold up right that's the question and it's going to happen i mean i'm not saying it's going to happen i'm not going to say anyone's going to get hurt but yeah if it ends up happening it's going to change like that right this backfield is going to f- completely flip to Damian Pierce he has three down potential he has every down potential and we saw how good he was in the preseason we've been loving Damian Pierce before he came into the league as an underrated running back in Dynasty as well. So Damian Pierce is somebody that you could buy. Um, this particular deal is like, you know, you're trading a guy who you can start every week as an RB2 uh, versus a guy who you have to wait on who could potentially have much higher upside than David Montgomery.
1: Right. So for me, you know, if I'm, like like you said, if you have good quality RB depth already, you know, David Montgomery kind of on the tail end of that. Maybe I consider doing that. Um, and by
0: the way you said package deal here zones so i'm assuming that you'll be able to get a little bit more right you know with damian pierce right like you know you shouldn't have to give up montgomery one for one with damian pierce because montgomery got a legit volume this past week even though there's a little que- some question marks around him and khalil herbert kind of inching his way towards a role in this backfield you should not have to give up montgomery one for one for damian pierce you should be able to get a little bit back as well which is great if you can do it
1: yeah And that's where I was going to kind of hit on. I was trending that way. I was going to say, like, you know, I wouldn't do, you know, Montgomery for Damian Pierce if there's not much else. If he's just throwing in like a Josh Palmer, you know, a guy picked up on the waivers and he's going to throw that in is just like something to sweeten, quote unquote, the deal. (laughs) I I wouldn't do that. But um, uh, Montgomery right now, like you said, I think you hit it on the head. You know, he's startable now. Damian Pierce isn't. But Damian Pierce has the higher upside. Um, If you can make it worth it with a package deal, then yeah, definitely. I think that's a good trade.
0: I got another question here from Marco. Uh, I also moved Damian Harris for Brees Hall uh, to a, pa- a panicking manager. So I'm assuming he got Brees Hall and yeah. he was able to trade away Damian Harris, which is awesome, I think. I yeah. would have done this deal easily. This is crazy. You know, Damian <laughs> Harris was drafted where? Brees Hall was drafted where in your fantasy drafts? After one week. Can't be panicking like this. Brees Hall, he had 10 targets. What do you have, 10, 11 targets in yeah. a week one? Uh, he was the primary, uh, you know, two-minute back in this offense, so he's already, like, inching his way to a three-down roll here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he already has a three-down roll. It's just that Michael Carter has a better three-down roll than him right now. Michael Carter had the goal line snaps. Brees Hall is, like, a goal line monster, right? Like, he scored a lot of touchdowns in college. Like, it's not going to continue to be Michael Carter, who's an undersized back. It's going to be Brees Hall at some point. Um, so this is exact- this is somebody that I am also looking to trade for okay right. um he, he's a guy that like could also be a potential league winner later down later down the line i do expect you know i, I don't want to start Brees hall like he's a ppr flex play with joe flacco at the helm because he's peppering his 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 running backs with volume i think they accounted for like 33 34 percent of his targets so yeah, yeah I, I i'm okay grabbing Brees hall here because Damien Harris, like, would you be comfortable starting him as a PPR flex right now? Maybe, no. you know, he, you know, what's funny about Damien Harris. He ran more routes than Ramondre Stevenson. Um, yeah. Ty Montgomery uh, was just placed on IR yesterday. So Ramondre Stevenson can potentially have a much bigger role, uh, you know, in the past game. But we'll see. Damien Harris ran more routes than Ramondre Stevenson in this game. Um, So, you know, I'm very curious to see what happens in week two. Who plays that role? Uh, on third downs uh, because they had like 10 or so, 11 third downs and uh, Ty Montgomery played, I think eight of them, something like that. So, yeah, so we'll see, we'll see what happens in this game. Uh, but either way, that's going to be a very important role. Um, and, and one of these running backs is going to have an increase in value. And I'm assuming it's going to be Ramondre.
1: Yeah. And I think that trade, you know, just kind of capped that off steel. <laughs> if you ask me. Yeah,
0: it's a steal. It's a steal for sure. I mean, I'm surprised if I was, if I was giving up Breeze hall, I would ask for more in return. Um, yeah. But I mean, you kind of knew this going into the season, right? Like, if you, if you're, I mean, it depends when you drafted Brees, honestly. Like, if you drafted him in June, July, you know, maybe even early August, you know, you might think that Brees Hall was just like the guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. we thought that that could happen as well. Um, But, you know, as August went on, you kind of realized, like, well, you know, it's not realistic to think that Brees Hall was going to get an every down workload off the bat, you know, considering how they, how these guys were used in camp and in preseason. Right. You know, um, I got another question here. I got offered Christian McCaffrey for digs straight up. I'd be getting Christian McCaffrey. Should I accept?
1: That is really tough one. You know, it depends on what the rest of your <laughs> roster looks like. That's the problem with these questions. You know, people ask digs for CMC straight up, and it's easy to be like, oh, yeah, but it depends on what the rest of your roster looks like. In a vacuum, you know, I'm going for positional value. There's a lot of receivers that you can start and not a lot of CMCs. Um, CMC had a sort of slow opener you know he he did score a touchdown which was good but I think that you know as they get in his offense a little bit more he's going to be back to his old self I think I would maybe pull the trigger on that if you're getting CMC I I think that would be something you could do because we know what CMC is if he's healthy and he plays you know I think you're gonna have a lot easier time trying to replace Stefan Diggs than you're going to have trying to replace a Christian McCaffrey so I'll go I'll go with Christian McCaffrey
0: I I agree with you. I mean, McCaffrey he didn't. He only had sixteen opportunities in this game, which is I think his lowest for a couple of years now. But played eighty-one percent of snaps. He ran around on seventy-three percent of dropbacks, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and yeah, twenty-three percent target share still. So they didn't throw the ball a ton this game. With more volume in the pass game moving forward, Christian McCaffrey is going to get his. No doubt about it. I'm taking CMC here after Diggs' big game. Take advantage. Yeah, absolutely. Take advantage. Um, so so uh, let's get into a couple of other other guys that I wanted to buy. James Connor is one of them. Um, James Connor, let me just uh hide current comment here. Uh James Conner, you know, he had RB one type of work in this game, RB one type of usage. Um, it, you know, it was a complete it was a really, really bad game by the Cardinals offense, right? It, you know, yeah. it was just a shit show. Uh but 72 percent snap share for the game and then but he had 90 percent snap share in the first half and the game kind of got out of hand right in the fourth quarter and that's when you know benjamin started coming and you know taking some work away uh, but he's gonna get plenty of goal line opportunities in, this year he ran a route on 68 percent of of Kyle murray's dropbacks which we talked about with aaron jones being that elite level James Conner is doing that again. Remember last year, he averaged five catches per game without Chase Edmonds. It's looking like something like that's going to continue this year. So he finished as a high-end RB2 this week, but this is RB1 type of usage. So I would take advantage. And uh, <laughs> some people might think it creep in and say work a little bit, but it really happened later in the game. So um, yeah. I'm buying James Conner and treating him like
1: an RB1. Now I'm with you on that one hundred percent, and it goes back to you know this was just a terrible game like you said by the Cardinals offense. I don't expect them to be in this kind of situation every week at all, and you know James Connor, I just keep envisioning you know him getting delivered pretty much to the goal line <laughs> and picking up two touchdowns you know potentially every week if the offense is as advertised obviously it's on it's it's down a few playmakers, so I think that's also contributing to it um rondo Moore comes back you know that'll be good and he's back to full health whenever he is uh deandre hopkins will be back you know kyler murray was throwing to greg dorch you know, you know this isn't going to be uh of one you know they're not gonna be throwing all the time the offense was undermanned going up against patrick mahomes and the defense didn't do him any favors either game script was just completely against james Conner, and he still managed to finish as a high-end rb2 so i was encouraged by that he's he got six looks in the passing game he caught five of them um he wasn't very efficient with it, but you know, it, it was just an off day for the Cardinals' offense. I'm I'm buying James Connor, especially because people might be panicking on him. I don't know how, if they're panicking, but they might be like, okay, this is kind of you know middle of the pack production that I thought I was getting a real steal in the third round. You know, maybe sell him while his price is still high. Um, I, I I'd be a buyer for him.
0: Yeah. Um. And and Josh is asking a, a very important question: Are you worried about Connor staying healthy the, for the full season? I'm not worried about it, but this is the risk that you take with James Conner. There's no doubt about it. You can't sugarcoat it. You can't, you know, there has been times in the past where like we've had serious issues with Conner staying healthy for the full season, especially with a big workload. Okay. So yeah. that is the risk that you are taking with James Conner. But for me personally, the usage is great. Um, He's looking good. Last year, you know, he didn't miss a ton of games, right? He was okay. So yeah, I'm taking the shot on James Conner still.
1: Yeah, if, if I'm trading for a player, I'm not really, you know, worrying about them getting injured. I, there's got to be yeah. something more that's attracting me to trading for them than that's going to – it's not going to prevent me from thinking about from trading for them if, they're, if there's a potential they'll get injured. Every player can get injured. If I'm trading for somebody, you know, I'm shooting for the upside.
0: Yeah, I'm with you on that. Now, I want to talk about Antonio Gibson, man. Um He, you know, a lot of people are looking at Antonio Gibson what he did this past week as – encouraging you know moving forward yeah however i would look to sell him his role didn't change um it's just that they were in a solid game script okay um in the type of situations that jd mckissick comes in on third and longs um two minute offense that sort of thing they didn't have that in this game um they didn't have those situations for him to come through right so that is that is why I want to sell Gibson right now. So yes, Dylan, I do want to trade Gibson high. Um, This is a theme that's continuing on from last year as well. Remember, Brian Robinson is also going to come back at some point. Okay, and Brian Robinson is going to share the load on early downs. Okay, they didn't forget about him. They knew what they had in Antonio Gibson. They knew that he's he's very talented. However, they do want Brian Robinson involved. Um, and at the very least, this is going to be a timeshare on early downs, and JD McK- McKissick's role is not going to change. He's going to continue to be the two-minute offense guy. He's going to continue to be the third-down guy. Um, so, And if they go down a negative game script, <laughs> neither of these guys are going to be on the field that much. Um, listen, this week, I think they're going up against the Lions, right? So it's yes. a good matchup. But instead of me like saying, like, all right, you know what? I'll trade him after the Lions game because he's going to have a good game. He might not because Lions can go up in that game. Yeah. There is no there is no guarantee that Gibson is going to do as good as he did in this game. Yeah. What eight targets in this game. Right. Mm -hmm. But he got that on early downs. Okay. And, and they ran a lot of plays. They ran a lot of pass plays in this game, but I don't think that it's going to be consistent. I don't think it's going to continue. Um, just like, you know, this game was exactly what you want in week one for Antonio Gibson. So you can trade him away and potentially upgrade. So what I would do, I wouldn't necessarily trade Gibson one for one, but I would Mm -hmm. take Gibson, maybe grab one of your wide receivers Right, maybe you're, you're one of your wide receiver threes or something like that. Maybe I don't know, an Elijah Moore or like you know somebody solid, somebody good. Yeah. And then upgrade your your RB two spot, or I'm assuming that's where he's starting for you. But I would upgrade that or upgrade your flex package deal two for one and 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 just upgrade that way. Um, and that way you know the, whoever you whoever you're trading to like they're, they're looking like oh I got some good value here, right? And upgrade, 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 upgrade. I love to do these two for ones.
1: Yeah. So, what do you think? Um, I just put this trade, mock trade, together in my head right now. So, yeah. you're talking about pa- packaging. You know, maybe a guy like Elijah Moore with Antonio Gibson, and going after someone to upgrade your RB 2 Would you be targeting like an Aaron Jones? I like, do that. Do you think do you think that could work? To what, I mean, see, the,
0: here's the thing, right? Like, I would not <laughs> assume what could work and what couldn't. I'm going to yeah. try to shoot for the moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that is a disrespectful offer. I'll say that. Right. Like, yeah, I if I got that, that offer. I'm not thinking like, are you kidding me? No, no, I'm not doing that. I'm saying like, okay, I see what you're doing here. Uh, for me personally, I'll decline. But for a lot of people who are panicking on Aaron Jones, yeah, I, I'd, I'd make that move. Um, yeah. Listen, Elijah Moore could has a huge ceiling, right? Um, but this is a situation where you're trying to capitalize and upgrade, right? And mm-hmm. if you can kind of get something that's a sure thing, I, I would, I would do something like that. You know, there's a lot of different combinations that you can make. It all it all and I what and just a just a little bit of an of advice for trades, look at the other team. Look at what they need, right? Don't just like send random trades to people because at the end of the day, like how is this trade benefiting them? It's like I get all I get these questions all the time, guys. Okay. And it's like, Hey, like, who do you think I should trade? I want to trade this guy away. Who do you think I should trade for? It's like, I don't know. Like I would look around you, like if you're trying to trade a running back, I would look around your league and see who needs running backs. Right. And then Mm -hmm. work that and work from there because you need to give value to the other team so that they can give you what you want. Right. It doesn't work the other way around where you're just like, Hey, like this is a player I don't want. I'm going to try to give them to you, even though you don't need that player. You know, like it has to work two ways. Um, And I think a lot of people are savvy with that type of uh, way of trading, but like don't just like you know throw trades into the ethos and expect them to work it has to work both ways
1: yeah definitely
0: and also if you if you really like a player it's okay to overpay there's nothing wrong with yeah. overpaying at all i i do it all the time i i some, sometimes you got to send an overwhelming offer for you to get the guy that you want
1: mm-hmm. and that's yeah. not always a bad thing because then you know some of the guys that you send over might have value to begin with. And then they end up, you know, falling off maybe, and you still get the guy that you want. He's still doing well. You know, that would work out pretty well. There's nothing, everything. This is just kind of my spiel on, you know, overpaying. It's an overpay at the time the trade happens, you know, afterwards it might not be an overpay. It depends on how things play out. And that's why I, I agree. It's okay to overpay for guys that you want, because if you see something going the way that you want it to, and you end up winning that trade, you know, then good thing you did it. You might have seemed crazy to begin with. People might, you know, smoke you for it a little bit when you actually do the trade. But if it works out in your favor, you know, that's just just good play.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. Now, I want to talk about Miles Sanders, too. He had a solid fantasy day, right? Uh, His usage was okay. How are you looking at, at, at Miles Sanders? You know, obviously he got the touchdown. He got the first nod, you know, at that goal line touchdown in this game and a couple yeah. other running backs did as well. Uh, but later on in the game, how are you looking at, at Sanders? Are you looking at him as somebody you want to keep, somebody you want to sell?
1: What are your thoughts? I, I would sell. And that's just because, you know, we we did talk about how he got the first crack at the end zone in the run, in the running game. But um, then it got turned over to Boston Scott. Then it got turned over to uh kenneth gainwell and then it got turned over you know jalen hurts is going to be having rushing touchdowns that kind of thing um there's so many different guys in the eagles backfield including the quarterback that are going to be running the ball for touchdowns you know that kind of thing running the ball in general and you know just the workload that he got was not you know the workload that we saw that we want to see um for miles sanders it was great you know it was actually super refreshing you know as someone I, i don't I don't hate Miles Sanders, you know, Uh, even as a Cowboys fan, you know, it's nice seeing him actually score a touchdown. It's nice seeing him do well because we know he's talented, but um, it's just the situation has been working against him. And that's the way it's been his whole career. Um, I would take advantage of his value being up right now after a quality performance that we haven't seen in a while for Miles Sanders. Um, I would sell him. I would sell him high because I don't think that we're going to be seeing that type of performance every week. He might have one or two performances like this later on as the season goes on but there's just going to be so much turnover and volatility in the backfield that I'm not comfortable keeping him and saying like, okay, I'll be able to start this guy every week and he'll turn in a good point, good points. So that, that's, that's
0: yeah. thought. yeah, no, I, th- I think, I think you nailed it. I mean, he was only on the field for 50% of snaps, you know, he had a good game, right. And he's very, he's an efficient running back as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's just sharing the load with other guys. Um, you know, he told you not to draft them too. And that's the reason, <laughs> right. Right. Um, and and listen, I think you might be able to get some good value back. You know, if you if you're in need of an RB two, and Sanders is like your flex or something, um, you know, or your RB two, I I would I would try to package up Sanders with another player to sweeten the deal, uh, legit player, and, and try to trade up w- with him. So you know, if you have Sanders and Gibson, and seems like you had a bad draft, if you did, uh, I would package those two guys up and just grab a grab a running back, trade two for one, you know, um, I think. The thing with Sanders is, like, he's going to have his games. But there is a good a good likely, you know, we saw Kenny Kenny Gainwell, too, on the field a lot. And this team is moving towards a pass-heavy type of mindset. And Kenny Gainwell could potentially, you know, be on the field a lot more than we think. Um, You know, Boston Scott is going to be involved. And Boston Scott, you know, he might get some goal line looks as well. So I'm with you, man. I'm trying to trade away Sanders while the perception on him is high. Yeah. All right. Let's look at a couple of guys that we want to buy. Chase Edmonds is a guy that I'm looking to buy. I would trade straight up, you know, Sanders for Edmonds. I would trade uh, Gibson for Sanders as well uh, in a P in a full PPR league only. Um, And that's because I don't think Gibson Gibson on a, I think he has more upside than, than Edmonds on a weekly basis right now. Uh, hmm. But when Brian Robinson comes back, it's a little bit risky. Um, so if you want consistent play from your RB2 in PPR leagues, I'd rather have Edmonds. But there, there's no doubt that in terms of volatility, Gibson's ceiling is way higher than Edmonds on a weekly basis. So depending on what you're looking for. Um, right? But it's not going to cost much to get Edmonds. And honestly, you might be able to get a little bit back if you're training someone like Gibson uh, to get Edmonds. Um, I think he's going to be a solid PPR running back to the rest of the way. 63% of snaps. He ran a route on a very solid 57% of dropbacks. Um, he's sharing the backfield with only Raheem Mostert. Okay, nobody else. Like, we initially thought this might be a three-man backfield. They got rid of Sonny Michel. There's no other running backs that are, you know, involved in this. We thought another running back might appear into the into the rotation. No, it's just those right. two guys. Um, and also, we might see goal line carries from Chase Evans. We talked about this before the season started. Like, hey, can this happen? Now that Sonny Michelle is not on the team anymore. And it seems like it can because there were four there were four short yardage snaps in this pass game. There was no goal line snaps, so we didn't get any sample size from that. But there were four short yardage snaps, and Raheem Mostert and Chase Edmonds each had two. So, yeah. the fact that Chase Edmonds is the starter is the primary running back. There is a chance that when they get to the goal line, that he's on the field, and if that happens, then you're looking at a much more valuable running back, somebody yeah. who is going to be very involved in the pass game. Uh, somebody who's a primary guy on early downs and a goal back—that That is a Austin Eckler light role. Uh, You know, the offense can be good, not as good as the chargers, but mm-hmm. it's a good role to have, especially in full PPR.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you watch actually the dolphins game and it's nice seeing chase Edmonds getting a full compliment, full workload that, you know, we didn't see um in Arizona. Um, His receiving work is what is the most appealing to me. Obviously he got, was it 12 carries or something like that in, uh, in the game that that's, that's all right. You know, and what's funny, what's funny to me too is that you kind of called this a while ago. This is exactly the workload that you're talking about. And you're saying that if you sprinkle in those goal line touches, you know, he could be a really valuable running back. He's kind of trending that way. Um, obviously the game for the dolphins, it was, there's a lot more work going to receivers this game. Um, there wasn't too much going on in the backfield, but, um, Chase Edmonds was clearly the guy that they wanted to have on the field in most situations. Raheem Mostert doesn't scare me. Um, he got five carries or something like that. He had, he might have had a catch. I don't know. But, yeah. um, you know, Alec Ingold, not anyone to be afraid of. Chase Edmonds, if they're going to be doing anything on the ground or out of the backfield, it's going to be Chase Edmonds. And that is super, super encouraging, you know, especially for the price that you got him at. Um, this guy, like yeah. you said, easy, easy RB2 every week right now. You could start him and be pretty confident. And then, like you said, if he gets that goal line role, he could have a couple, you know, RB one weeks pop up.
0: If he has the RB one role, then he becomes a lot more uh, valuable in half PPR and standard formats. Um, right now, yeah. I'm only comfortable starting him in, in full PPR because of the fact that, like, I'm not sure if he's getting that goal line role. But if we know that he is, he get, he becomes a lot more popular, a uh, uh, lot more valuable uh, in every format, which would be awesome. So he out touched. Uh, he 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 had 16 opportunities to. Uh Mostert, six and uh, he had four targets, which was third on the team, uh, one behind Waddle and Tyreek Hill had 12. Yeah. So solid, solid day from, from him and, and the utilization is looking pretty strong uh, moving forward. So one tight end that I wanted to highlight was Pat Frymuth. He had a 27% target share in this game, 77% wrap participation, which is awesome. And he had a hundred percent of the red zone of the end zone targets. Um, if you're looking for a cheap tight end to potentially buy, listen, he's going to be on a bad offense, but it looks like that, you know, he's going to be very, very involved. Um, it's not going to take much to get him. If you're trying to stream and to decide between guys like Cole Komet and like, you know, all these back end or high end uh, tight end ones, you might be able to get Frymuth and he can potentially finish as the tight end five, tight end six this year. And I would do it now before he starts to become consistent. That's just a quick one that I had.
1: Right. I, I agree.
0: Um, Cal Pitts, you know, you, you you might be able to I've seen some I've seen some serious trades in my in my DM inbox texting me uh, in the comments about trades that are happening between P- guys and like, dude, you gotta be kidding me, right? <laughs> like some of these trades that are going down for Cal Pitts is crazy. Cal Pitts is going to be fine, okay. Um, 22% target share, 33% air yard share. Okay. He's going to be just fine in that offense. I'm not worried about Marcus Mariota. Like we always have talked about Marcus Mariota has got it done for tight ends in the past, specifically Delaney Walker. I'm not worried about it. Okay. He's going to be great. He could potentially still finish as a top two tight end. Not worried.
1: Yeah. Just, just a week one overreaction that people having. I agree. I've seen a bunch of trades and I'm actually actively participating in those trades trying to get people, catch people panicking, you know, and try to get uh, Kyle Pitts at a discount if I don't already have him. Um, I don't know. Uh, one of the offers I put together, um, you know, I have, I put out Dallas Goddard who, you know, he had a good week. Dallas Goddard and um I forget who else I added, another receiver or something like that, Um, just to see if people would want to bite on that. I wouldn't um advise against you maybe just trying to do that. If you have Kyle Pitts' owner, who's kind of you know on the edge of their seat a bit and wondering if they should trade out of Kyle Pitts because it's looking like it was last year, you know, if you have a decent tight end and obviously lower caliber than Kyle Pitts, I would consider trying to pack it up and buy.
0: One hundred percent. If I had Dalton Schultz, I'm buying Kyle Pitts. If I had yeah. Dallas Goddard, I'm buying Kyle Pitts. If I had Zach Ertz. Well, it's hard to sell Zachary right now, but yeah, I would be buying <laughs> yeah. Kyle Pitts regardless. regardless. Um, so yeah, if I had Pat Firemuth, I'm buying him. I got We got a trade question here. Would you trade Michael Carter for Rashad Bateman?
1: So to receive Rashad Bateman? Yes. Let's see. So if I have Michael Carter and I could trade for Rashad Bateman, um, I would. I think yeah. so. Rashad Bateman is the clear number one. On the Ravens wide on the Ravens offense, yeah, and Michael Carter's a guy that we're projecting to you know kind of lose some of his role to Breeze Hall in the future. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty easy. I, I do Rashad Bateman.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mark Andrews, uh, he ran around on 91% of dropbacks. Rashad Bateman only ran around on 74%, which is not great for a wide receiver, especially wide receiver one. I'm hoping that goes up and I'm expecting it does. Uh, but Devin Duvernay only ran around on 53% of dropbacks. And, you know, obviously he had the big game. Uh, but I'm, that's why I wasn't so interested in, De- in Devin Duvernay on waivers because of that reason. He's only running around on half of Lamar's dropbacks. And we already know this is going to be a run heavy offense. Yeah. So. Wasn't so interested there. Bateman's gonna be the guy. So continue to buy Bateman. I think that is a good buy. Um, especially for Michael Carter, somebody we are expecting whose role should diminish, diminish, diminish <laughs> as the season goes on. Uh, and I think Brees Hall will start to take over that backfield. Yeah. G- got you, King Cars. No problem, man. Um couple other guys I wanted to mention. I think Trey Lance. T- Trey Lance, like, listen, he he didn't look amazing in week one. Okay, there's no doubt about it. But one thing that we really wanted to see is how much is Kyle Shanahan going to call design runs for Trey Lance. He had the highest design rush rate in the entire league in week one. That is great. He is destined to finish as a top 10 quarterback this year. Okay. Didn't have a great start. However, I would start him this week. Hopefully the weather's better than it was in Chicago. Um, You know, he he doesn't have Kittle yet. He might not have him again, but he's going to have Debo. He has Ayuk, you know. He has a good offensive line. He's going to be fine. And the fact that Elijah Mitchell is going to be out, they might be depending on him even more moving yeah. forward in the run game and near the goal line. Who do you think is going to be the guy? It's going to be him. So don't panic with him. If I've seen people crazy, pick <laughs> him up, start him. That's how I yeah. look at it. That's, that's how I'm looking at it with him.
1: Yeah, if you're not panicking about Justin Fields, you know, you shouldn't be panicking about Trey Lance because they were both playing in the same game in the same slop. You know, if Trey Lance had a passing touchdown, I think we'd be having, or any type of touchdown, I think we'd be having a much different conversation. We wouldn't be thinking about it. Um, You can't use his first week as a measuring stick. Just like he said, like I've said about Justin Fields, the same goes for Trey Lance. Don't panic. Just keep him. See him play in regular weather. I guarantee you the results will be much better. (laughs) Just hold on. That's all you have to do.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, A couple of higher end wide receivers that I would try and buy after bad weeks. Uh, Number one is DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore, 23% target share, still solid. 32% air yard share, very solid. You know, he had a tough matchup. You know, Denzel Ward was on him a bunch of that game. Um, You know, Robbie Anderson obviously was able to do his thing. So and Baker had no problem targeting him downfield, and he also was targeting DJ Moore downfield. It just didn't really come to fruition, um, you know. But he still had 32% of the air yards. Robbie Anderson ended up with more than 50% of the air yards in you know this past week. I don't expect the differential to be that much every single week. So I do think Robbie's going to be involved. However, DJ Moore uh, is the wide receiver one there, and I would buy him now if you're worried. Uh, if, if if anybody who has him is worried about his usage in week one.
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I And I actually kind of said about DJ Moore a little while ago, uh, I forget, it was for, I think it was just our rankings. You had him ranked a little bit lower than I thought. And this, you know, performance in week one would kind of justify having him ranked a little bit lower than where I said he should be. I think I should have him ranked like 13 or 14. But um, Baker Mayfield, you know, he's a good quarterback for fantasy. He can support two receivers. Uh, Robbie Anderson just happened to get you know, the deep bomb touchdown, take away that touchdown and suddenly DJ Moore looks like, you know, obviously the wide receiver won. Nobody should be panicking with DJ Moore yet. Like you said, 23% target share, 32% air yard share. I think that has a chance to actually go up, you know, because it wasn't an explosive fantasy day. The game script was very neutral for both teams. They were both in it. Um, the If the Panthers start to trail, DJ Moore is going to be, he's going to pick up the slack there and start getting some more targets. Um, I think that DJ Moore. Goodbye.
0: Another guy, uh, Marquise Brown as well. Uh, Marquise Brown is somebody that I would definitely buy right now. Um, 30, so what was his 45% air yard share in this game? And, you know, they obviously didn't connect, you know, but it's going to happen. The offense was in a really bad spot this past week. I would continue to buy Marquise Brown. It was easy for the Chiefs. You know, the Chiefs only had one guy to really key in on, right? And the fact that they were keying in on him led. Calum Murray to be targeting Greg Dortch the entire game, <laughs> you know, more than 10 <laughs> targets. So don't worry about Hollywood. I would continue to buy him when the Hopkins is, is back. He's going to be continue to be do well because these guys are going to be taking coverage away from each other. So buy him, Zach Zachers also wasn't playing a full games. There wasn't that many guys to throw to buy Hollywood while you can. Definitely. Let's see. Let's see. Anybody else that I had, uh, Dalvin cook, Alvin Kamara, you know, these guys didn't have big games. Uh Dalvin Cook especially uh had a ridiculous type of opportunity. Uh he ran a route on let me see, I think it was 80%. <laughs> Something crazy. Um yeah, he ran a route on 79% of dropbacks, which is unbelievable for a running back. It's exactly what you want to see. 77% of snaps, 23 total opportunities, didn't score. So you might have a little bit of an opportunity here. If I have Dalvin, I'm not selling him. I doubt anybody would, but yeah. you know, just kick the, kick the tire, see what happens. Alvin Kamara, a little, people panicking about him a little bit. Um, his usage wasn't amazing in week one. Um, however, th- he did have a rib injury, apparently. Um, and that wasn't really widely reported. Um, he did end up playing only 62% of snaps. Ran around on less than 50% of dropbacks, which isn't ideal for him. Uh, he still saw 13 opportunities. I think that all of that should go up. Um, he, 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 I think he's fine off of that rib injury now. So, if you're looking to Potentially buy somebody cheap, you know, a guy that some people might be worried about. I think Alvin Kamara is somebody that you could target uh, as like a low end RB1. Yeah,
1: I I think that's fair. You know, we obviously, I don't think we got to hear about that rib injury until after, you know, the fact, after the game started, that kind of thing. Nobody really saw that coming. So you can't really hold that against him. But, um, you know, we know what Alvin Kamara is. He can catch the ball. He got. Three, he got four, what was it? Four targets, three catches. He only had like four yards or something like that, or seven yards, something like that. It wasn't much at all. That efficiency will come back once he's actually healthy. So I'm not worried about Alvin Kamara yet. Like we said, it's week one. It's not that big a deal right now. Um, the other thing, we're not gonna have Taysom Hill gadget drives every drive, you know, back like right at towards the earlier set part of the game where it was actually, you know, a contest and that the Saints weren't in the uh, negative game script that they were for most of the game. Um, They ran like four straight plays to Taysom Hill, and he ended up with like 80 yards and a touchdown. (laughs) Move (laughs) some of that work over to Alvin Kamara, and I guarantee you, you will have not only better results for the team, but also better results for fantasy. Uh, Don't worry about it. Um, When Taysom Hill isn't getting that workload, it's going to be going to Alvin Kamara.
0: I got a lot of Taysom Hill questions, like, "Hey man, like, should I start my tight end?" Like, Shh, you can, but like, he only, he was only on the field for twenty six percent of snaps in that yeah. game. Um, he just had that like couple big plays, and that was it. So, not really trying to get Taysom Hill on my team, even with tight end eligibility.
1: Yeah, Taysom Hill is his job is just to make Alvin Kamara owners crazy. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he does. Um,
0: a couple guys you might want to buy high, you know, if you can, Saquon Barkley you know if anybody thinks that like you know obviously whoever drafted Saquon was probably a believer in Saquon right cuz you don't really draft him unless you're a believer yeah. however i'm treating him like a like a a high end running back one right now so if anyone is is you know if you overwhelm a Saquon manager do it mm-hmm. same thing with Leonard Fournette uh he looked really good in that game and the fact that he was he was he was an every down back dude like all of the reports about him not being an every down back is like this is not true 76% of snaps 76% of of routes that he was on, he was running a route for like i'm sorry of dropbacks that he was running a route for for Tom Brady we know what that's going to end up like yeah. and he's their goal line guy too the offense is going to get better this is going to be he's going to have a, a crazy and the fact that he didn't have a touchdown this, oh, he didn't have a touchdown in this game so no. you know there is a chance that you can buy him high right now you're not buying him low because like you know he didn't you know you know, people know what uh, who, who Leonard Fournette is, but I would still kick the tires and try to get them. If I'm trying to get do like a two-for-one upgrade, you know, for like Aaron Jones, I would definitely do that same deal. Try that same deal with the Leonard Fournette manager as well.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, you, you mentioned Saquon and Fournette. Um, if you don't feel like coughing up, you know, probably the high capital, high assets that you're going to need to get Saquon. And, you know, you, you can target Fournette, I think, as a slightly cheaper but same type of situation, you know, uh, deal because Fournette, we saw what his workload was. It was exactly what we wanted it to be as fantasy, pe- fantasy managers. You know, That's what you're looking for. We know Fournette has the receiving upside, and once he scores touchdowns, he's going to start going ballistic. Um, if you don't want to cough up the high capital for Saquon, go shoot just a little lower f- for Fournette, and he'll be just fine.
0: Yeah, on that one. Um, the last guy I want to talk about uh, is Clyde Overtolaire. I'm looking to sell him. Uh, he scored two touchdowns in this game, I think. I'm pretty sure. And 39% of snaps. It would have been a little bit higher if the Chiefs, if, if it was a closer game uh, because Pacheco did come in the game, but he came in late in the yeah. game. He wasn't really involved a whole lot earlier. So, you know, I would say maybe Clyde Edwards would have hit like maybe 50% of snaps instead of 39. Uh, he was also, uh, he was only on on, a, on running around on 37% of dropbacks and McKinnon is still the primary pass and down guy. Um, if CH were to ever get hurt, I think Jerk McKinnon would be the one to potentially um, take advantage uh, of of a, of a bigger role. Pacheco can as well, but for now, McKinnon is the better roster add, I would say. Um, Eleven opportunities for uh, Clyde with hilaire Jarek McKinnon had eight. Uh, Pacheco had twelve, but you know, considering the fact that the game was over when he got most of his touches, um, you know, it doesn't really weigh in a whole lot for me. So, Clyde with hilaire if anyone's buying,
1: <laughs> I'm selling. Yeah. And this was a huge game for the Chiefs offense. And I'm not expecting everybody to be fancy contributors like they were every week, even though this is, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are a very good team. But I'm looking for the every week fancy contributors to be along the lines of Travis Kelsey, Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And those being the three main guys. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I don't think he's going to have too many games quite like this where even when Isaiah Pacheco is getting like 12 carries and Jerick McKinnon's getting good – good volume for him to still score 22 points. I don't see that happening every week. have two touchdowns. uh, Two touchdowns and only only 22 points. That's relatively touchdown dependent. And I'm not a big fan of that. Sell him high. Uh, I'm with you.
0: Yeah. All right, last one. This is the real last one. Najee Harris. (laughs) Yeah. What are we doing with Najee Harris? Apparently, he's good to go. He's going to play this week or try to play this week. Are you... I Listen, I would not... If I had Najee Harris right now, I'm doing everything I can to sell. Um, I already wasn't a huge fan of his upside coming into the year. Uh, the yeah. offense didn't look great. He didn't look great behind that offensive line. Just overall, you it know, wasn't a great you know situation for him. He already had the Liz Frank injury in the preseason. He came back. He played on it, and he might have tweaked it a little bit. That's not good. What if he tweaks mm-hmm. it again?
1: Right. Right? Yeah.
0: And now he's out for the season or something. Right? That's not good, man um and from what i'm reading like the a bad tweak of that of that list frank of that foot injury can mean the entire season potentially so i this week i'm going to start him okay like i'll yeah. start him as maybe maybe not as like the rb1 that you drafted him as but maybe as an rb2 solid mm-hmm. rb2 this week who's going to get a relatively large workload maybe who knows like maybe now they he play might be him might not count yeah but now, you know, you started bringing other, other guys, right? And like and Najee Harris might not be that dude. So it's a little bit risky with Najee right now. And I'll, I'll be looking to sell, um, you know, if you have to put a little bit of a package together with him because a lot of people are going to be hesitant. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when I put up the story about Najee Harris playing, I got a lot of replies <laughs> in my DM saying like, yeah, I knew it. He's fine. So like, there's a lot of confidence out there from a lot of people. So like, I would take advantage of those people who yeah. think that everything's fine, and maybe everything is fine. Mm-hmm. But the point is that you want to try to get like some compensation back here. That like, if you if Naji does end up being fine, that you'll be fine too because you you got some good pieces back.
1: Yeah, and I think that he's kind of treading thin ice, um, especially dealing with the list, like list Frank, like you said. Um, any bad tweak to that would be just horrific for his value um if you could sell i would and we also have to mention and what i saw he was still inefficient even with the volume that he did get um he had the one touchdown that kind of salvaged his day if he didn't get that touchdown Mm -hmm. i think that we'd be having a very different conversation we'd be like what's wrong with Najee harris you know obviously he got injured and you know he i don't think he finished the day but um yeah there's a lot of volatility volatility suddenly around his name where I was preaching, you know, he's the safest asset, safest running back that you can get over the offseason. But, um, the Steelers offense is not that good. Um, even with the volume that Harris was getting, he was inefficient. Now he's treading thin ice with an injury. Um, you know, that's not a very rosy picture to kind of try and sell to somebody, but if you can get somebody who's yeah. like, like, don't, said,
0: don't, don't use that as a sales pitch.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't <laughs> do sales pitches. Yeah. He he might be out for the season if he does anything with his um, injury that he might tweaked. Don't use that as a sales pitch, but, um, <laughs> you know, it's not a very rosy picture, but if you can kind of salvage that before, if, and before things go south, you know, take advantage of it.
0: Yeah, and, and and I want to just piggyback off what you said about him being safe. I, I, I do think, so let's say he had this type of game, but he did not have a foot injury. I would be looking to buy Najee Harris mm-hmm. because he had a crappy game, but we know that the volume, the crazy amount of volume and the opportunity is going to be there for Najee. It didn't work out in this game, and honestly, he had a couple games like this one last year, but he yeah. ended up being just fine in PPR leagues, high floor type of player. Um, and he ended up finishing as RB1, RB7 or RB8 in points, fantasy points per game in PPR. So he was fine. And I would have been looking to buy him if he didn't have a foot injury, but he had the same type, type of stat line. But the foot injury is what is really, really, really making me worry here.
1: Yeah. No, I hear you. And that's what I wasn't banking on. You know, he was fully yeah. healthy all last season. And, mm-hmm. you know, you can't bank on an injury happening or not happening. Uh, right. But I didn't anticipate this week one. And that kind of has me on edge. I
0: hear you i hear you um i think that's it man that'll do it uh we kept this under an hour nice job yeah. uh but if you guys have any more questions we'll try to get to your, your questions on over on instagram um you can obviously hit hit up the patreon as well you'll get a guaranteed answer there with the with the highest here in that package um just you can you can text me your fancy questions and stuff so hit, hit me up uh and i'll see you guys over on instagram um and yeah that's it me and zach That'll do it for for this show. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for joining. Everyone in the chat, and Gonzalo, appreciate your question about Najee. Everyone in the chat, thank you so much. Everyone watching live, thanks for coming through, uh, and, and we'll see you guys tomorrow.
1: See ya.